the old renaissance is the new renaissance standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction this is the harlem brewing company uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste a sound and a feeling that can only be described in one way harlem style so come and take a trip on the a train with our harlem sugar hill golden ale and our harlem renaissance whip beer the neighborhood original sponsored by harlem beer distributing north carolina for more information log on to their website at harlembeernc.com the greater raleigh sports alliance is proud to support the sixth box to row countdown to kick off and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city we look forward to another fantastic season of hbcu football filled with great games rivalries pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. On December 27th, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Friday, September the 1st. I'm Donald Ware. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's Friday. And I'm going to tell you what, this is week one. We already had the opening week, but this is week one uh, of the HBCU football season. And most of the teams are scheduled uh, to play. As a matter of fact, uh, whether it's already been on uh, on yesterday, uh, got a game tonight, and then most of the games tomorrow. We're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, in his third season as the head football coach at Tennessee State, a great player in the National Football League. Uh, of course, an NFL MVP, formerly of the Titans, and also with the Cowboys. I guess we won't, you know, we we we, you know, as if since we're we're Washington, <laughs> we're Washington fans, we won't speak on that. Uh, we are joined by Eddie George here uh, on the program. What's going on, Coach George? Man, I'm blessed, brother. I can't complain. Love the intro. Love the energy, man. I wish you had me. I wish we had your energy at practice today. Got a little hot on our boys. They were feeling a little sorry for themselves. They had to be in pads today. But I said, hey, we playing Notre Dame this week. We got to be in pads. We got it's gonna be a physical battle. We gotta be ready for it. So uh but now I'm I'm really I'm really excited to be on the show, brother. Yeah, no, appreciate having you. and you're you're old school. 
in that way. Like, I don't know. Speak to it because it's different for you, this being your first head coaching job, even though you're, you're in your third season, but you came up in a different time. You got to have that old school mentality with these, with these young kids, correct? Is there any other way? No. Hey, I don't, I don't know any other way. They hired me to bring my, my thumbprint, put my thumbprint on the program. And um, I just know, you know, a certain way of doing things and I'm going to do it that way with the exception of tweaking here and there to some of the rules, some of where, where where our kids are. I'm not out to, um, to beat them up. I'm out to prepare them, prepare them to play battle in in between the white lines, but within that also prepare them for life. And guess what? You know, it's going to be a loving situation and it's going to be a tough love situation. So there'll be times when I have to discipline them. There'll be times where I have to coddle them. There'll be times where I have to inspire them. There'll be times that, I have to uh, push them in a different way and to, to get them to reach their full potential um, and to understand that what we're capable of doing. There's a certain standard and level of excellence that I required every single, single moment of the day that's seen and unseen. So, um, yes, there, there is an element of that, uh, of, of that, that tough love and, um, just the things that maybe the player that I am and the teams that I've been on, I'm going to incorporate that into what we're doing here at Tennessee State. You know, it's it, it, we can. It's, it, I think it's great when our schools uh, can can step up and play the FBS opponents. It's even greater when you can play brand names. Uh, you know, you guys are playing Notre Dame. I don't. I mean, as college football goes, I don't know if you get more. All respect to Ohio State, but I don't know if yeah, you yeah, get yeah, yeah, <laughs> any yeah. more name brand yeah. uh, than than Notre Dame. So, how did this game? This is, I mean, this is a great opportunity for Tennessee State. How did this game come yeah. about? Well, it, it came about last year, um, back in I want to say February or excuse me, April of last year, when Notre Dame was looking for a team to play. Um, on their schedule coming off of their, their game um, against Navy uh, this week. And we so happen to have an open date. Um, Marcus and I are, are, are great friends. Um, I know um, some of the administrative people at Notre Dame. So we said, hey, let's try to see make, make this happen. You know, the first time that uh, Notre Dame would have scheduled an FCS program and an HBCU, and it's going to be an, an, an historic day, uh, regardless of the outcome for our kids. To go to the historic venue, uh, to play in the cathedral of all venues, uh, touchdown Jesus, um, the, the beautiful architecture, the, the brick, uh, the limestone brick buildings at, at Notre Dame. It's, it's going to uh, be in a lifetime, a once in a lifetime experience. So to leave our footprint of the OVC and HBCU football and go play a team that you watch on television and a program that you aspire to be like, Hey, we're going to go play them, you know, anytime, anywhere. And, and that's, and that's what I stand on. And we're going to go learn. We're going to grow. We're going to get better in the process of that. Your thoughts on the big South and OVC conference, which was, uh, Really, something that uh, was was needed. I mean, both both conferences needed to kind of come together and and continue playing football in a in a conference which is now combined. Yeah. Well, we're seeing a lot of change happen at the top at the FBS level. Um, Pac-12 has dissolved, and it's going to merge with the Big Ten. Uh, you're seeing some of the other teams, you know, 
go down to the Big 12. The Big 12. And guess what? We're not done. I think there's still things that are going to happen. With that being said, we are seeing a ripple effect down at our level. Uh, teams moving up, you know, from our conference. Over the last, since I got into conference, I want to say uh, three or four teams have left for FBS programs. Jacksonville State won. Um, another, uh, Austin P. Uh, Murray State. Um, so something had to been done to stabilize, you know, FBS football. Uh, and what a, is a short-term fix, uh, I know the leadership at the OBC, they're looking for, always looking to strengthen our, our, our conference by finding other schools to com- combine that with. And I think it's a good fit for both schools to preserve um, our level of football in, in, a, in a real, truthful, meaningful way that's creative and, and hopefully it can be lucrative for all parties at some point in time. Eddie George again in his third season as the head football coach at Tennessee State. He joins us here on the program. Let's talk some personnel, Coach George. Let's start with Draylon Ellis, uh, the quarterback. He's on the watch list in terms of the um, uh, OVC and uh, Big South. Um, obviously played for you last year's returning guy. Your thoughts on maybe the improvements he made from 2022 and what you've seen in, uh, in, in uh, fall camp to this point. Well, the biggest improvement I've seen from Draylon has been off the field. Um, he's taken true ownership of of the standard of what it means to be a leader, not just talking about it, but all by by but by through his actions, by his body language. Um, he has made vast improvements in that area. Um, as a player, he has tremendous arm talent. Um, trying to get him to buy into nickel and diming versus trying to I take that three-point shot from half court or, uh, uh, you know, going after the big home run all the time, you know, because he has such a big arm. He wants to show that off and saying, hey, take what the defense gives you. Be the manager. Allow allow the game to come to you. You know, the, the, spe- the spectacular will happen in the routine. So, you know, do the routine things routinely. And if it's there, take it. You know, the, the goal is to keep a drive alive not to score touchdowns all the time. So I'm seeing growth there of him taking ownership and understanding the offense and putting his thumbprint on it. And I'll say this, you know, there's a great level of competition in the quarterback room now. Davion Bryan has come on. Uh, he wants, he's going to see a lot of time. Bigger guy, 6'3", about 235 pounds, has a great arm talent, uh, and also can run the football for So I think between those two guys, we want to have a great deal of production out of the quarterback room and with there's competition, it only raises the level of play, the level of urgency that you have to have as a quarterback. So I'm looking forward to watching both those guys play for us this year. So both will, both will play or potentially could play. Yes. Both potentially will play. Yes. At some point in time. Yes. Okay. And the running back, I mean, that's your, that's your, that's your department, right? What, what uh-huh. does that room look like? Well, uh, I'm excited about the room. A lot of young guys have stepped up. Jalen Rouse um, was our, our starter last year, along with Devon Starling, who's no longer with us um, in terms of school-wise. Uh, Jalen does everything right. Solid player, um, fast, uh, can block. Uh, he's a, a good pass uh, catcher out of the backfield, doesn't see a whole lot, uh, runs hard in between the tackles. So he's Mr. Dependable. Uh, Jordan Gant is an up-and-coming freshman um, who I think has tremendous upside, bigger body, about 210, 215, um, heavy lower half, but he has shiftiness. He has uh, an NFL pedigree. His uncle played for the Cowboys, uh, Gant, back in the um, 
early uh, early uh, late '90s, early two uh, thousands, uh, uh, and uh, so he has uh, a great deal of understanding of the game. And I'm curious, I can't wait to see how he is going to come out this year. Shifty guy, quick, has great burst. Uh, Trey Boone is a Mister uh, Do Everything, plays a little fullback and running back. Uh, Craig Cunningham also um, a redshirt freshman. He's more of your scat back type. And um, we have a bigger back in uh, Adrian Parker, um, a um, junior college uh, transfer that came in this year, bigger body who comes downhill on you. So there's a, a, a bevy of running backs that I feel really, really good about that on any given play can take over or any given series can take over and do it for us. And that's something we want to believe in. We want to run to to try to win. And that's, that's our philosophy. We've always believed in that. We, and the more guys that we have that are capable of doing it, the better. From a from a defensive standpoint, I mean, you you know you you've got some guys that can really play some experience on the defensive side uh, of the football. Just kind of speak uh, to that side and your expectations for the defense as a whole. Well, um, in every level, we have an all conference player um, of the defense. Whether it's Jalen Bell, uh, who comes in as a um, preseason all conference player, defensive line transfer from. Uh, um, for us from last season, uh, Ter- Terrell Allen, uh, TA, um, also all conference, the defensive end position. I think that that defensive line has a chance to be really good. They continue to work and continue to put in the work that they've been doing throughout camp. Uh, the linebacking core, uh, we bring back an all conference player and uh, James Green, who comes back as a graduate um, uh, player. Um, we have Monroe Beard. Um, who was all conference as well, um, uh, coming in at where, where he played uh, a couple seasons ago. And at the secondary, uh, we have Bryce Phillips, um, Josh Green, um, really love uh, Jeremiah Joseph, uh, transfer from Duquesne. Um, he's been in beautifully at the safety position. And also, um, uh, uh, I can't think of Harper, uh, Darius Harper. Uh, who comes back for his graduate season? So we have a seasoned group, uh, uh, a group that, that plays a little with a little bit of an edge. They play fast. This is their third year in the defense, so they understand what they're they're doing. So the pieces and parts are there defensively uh, for us to be competitive. Uh, we just can't keep them on the field very long because we are not very big. Um, so we've got to balance that out by having an offense that can sustain drives and keep our defense fresh. Eddie George in his third season as the head football coach at Tennessee State. He joins us here on the program. Maybe the wins and losses, Coach George, aren't aren't there. But uh, and they're they're coming, obviously. Uh, particularly because you had a three-game winning streak, if I remember, on last year. Um, that said, are you satisfied with where the program is currently? And did you foresee yourself being in this position when you took this job back in 2021? Well, in 2020, uh, we won five ball games. That was the most games that we've won here since, I want to say, 2016. Uh, last year, we t- kind of took a step back in the win-loss column. But when I look at it, we were very competitive in a lot of those ball games against some very good football teams, against SEMO, who was nationally ranked, against UT Martin, who was nationally ranked, um, against Jackson State, who was nationally ranked. We went out and played Eastern Washington Tough, who was nationally ranked. Um, we, we dropped a couple games that we shouldn't have dropped, I believe, you know. Um, and we're looking at 
you know, we're about three or four plays away from saying, hey, we should have should have won eight ball games. But I think because of our, our the culture of what we're trying to establish was not strong enough to to overcome those um, those adverse times. So uh, that's the thing that we're building on. I'm, I'm hoping that in the areas that we have vast improvement, both in the roster and um, just culturally speaking, will allow us to win a few more ball games this year. So uh, we've been in the conversation for the last two seasons, late October, early November, to win the OBC. And uh, we put ourselves in that position. So now we've, we've been knocking at the door. Now it's time for us to kick the door down. You know, we got to make that, that, that breakthrough. Um, say, hey, we're here. We're here to be contenders and um, show up every single week and be consistent. What does the, again, a player uh, with the Titans now in your third year or third season as the head coach at, at uh, Tennessee State, what does the Nashville community mean to you? Oh, wow. Um, to watch Nashville grow over the last 20 years has been remarkable. Um, it's, it is the it city. You know, from music city to the sports scene, the entertainment scene, um, even the the, the the entrepreneurship um, element to it. It, it is you have almost you have almost a hundred people moving to Nashville every day. Almost thirty cranes are in the sky right now. So growth is happening. Uh, but that being said, it's not the hit city for everybody. Um, the underserved um, people that don't necessarily have a voice. Um, institutions like Tennessee State that are left in the dark and, and still behind a lot of areas are not a part of that growth. So I, I, it's my my duty and goal to help that move the needle in that direction, um, to get more resources here, to have this institution thrive at a high level, not just ac- athletically, but academically. And on a national footprint, bringing the best um, – the best professors, the best um, administrative people um, that can advance this university and have it thrive the way it ought to be. Um, you know, this is not a, a job that I took just to just to be a football coach, but to inspire young people, young inspire young young men and women to find their God given purpose by first finding God, and then through finding God, um, allowing God to guide them in their purposeful life. Uh, without fear, but to walk in faith and to establish love in their lives. So that that part in, in where I'm at in my life, that's kind of how I, I see it. So Nashville has been a wonderful place for me to, one, uh, sharpen my sword, uh, to grow as a man, but also uh, help this community um, be a better be a better service uh, for, for human beings. No doubt. Last thought, and we appreciate the time. Your thoughts, you you know, you were a great running back nine years in uh, the National Football League. Maybe could have been more. Some injuries, maybe the latter part of your career. What what are you? What are your thoughts on the pay for for running backs as it currently stands? Uh, it's it's definitely changed. Um, the the value of the running back in the owner's eyes has, has shifted. I think it's still there. Uh, from a business perspective, they don't necessarily want to tie so many years into the running back position because it is a, a short shelf life in terms of productivity. Uh, and when you backload a contract 
on a running back who can't produce because of injury, because it's a demanding position, um, they're not willing to do that. So you're looking at uh, one-year deals. And I think that's the new reality for running backs moving forward is that if you are a, a, a dude, um, you're not looking at longer-term contracts. You're looking at a year-to-year deal, you know, which is not bad money, um, but it's certainly not what doesn't reflect what uh, the, the quarterbacks are getting or what of uh, the other positions that affect the passing game are getting. And uh, it's, it's, it's a shame uh, that it's turned this route because you still have to have a run game to win a championship. I mean, you look at all the great teams right now, they have an element of that. Um, so uh, that's just where we are the, in the business world of, of, of the NFL. And I think at some point in time, um, it'll get back to having balance and where the running backs will be valued. Former NFL great current head coach, head football coach that is, at Tennessee State is Eddie George. He joins us here on the program. The Tigers going to be up in South Bend on Saturday, taking on Notre Dame. Big time game. Coach George, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Tigers. Thanks a lot, my brother. Appreciate you. We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142, and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.